This is Church Alive's teaching of the week. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Could all of you please stand and honor Jack Robertson as he comes to speak today. Oh, Jack. I don't know if I can live up to that introduction, just so you know. <laughs> guys, I don't know about you, but I feel like I've already had church this morning. Uh, guys, I mean, how many of you know that uh, it's better to be in God's plan than it is your own plan? That's what we want to talk about this morning. We want to talk about being in God's plan. And we have our own expectations. We have our own plans. We have our own agendas. How many times you know that sometimes your plan doesn't necessarily line up to what God wants? Uh, living testimony of that. I cannot tell you how many times that we've stepped out of God's will. And we're going to share a little bit of uh, kind of our story a little bit on top of this. But bottom line is we know that God's plans are way better than our plan. We have our own agendas. We have our goals. But sometimes we have to ask ourselves, okay, does our plan line up with what God wants us to do? If you want to talk about plans, you know, the old saying, if you, uh, if you want to make God laugh, tell him about your plans. You guys know that one? Well, again, we have to ask the question, does our plan line up with, with his plan? And our key verse this morning that we're going to go to is uh, Matthew 6 and 33. Matthew 6, 33 says, uh, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You know, how many of us focus on the last part, by the way? All these things will be added to you. Uh, so many times we focus on that last part because it's great. It's a blessing. We want to make sure that all things are added to us. But we've got to focus on that first part first. Seek God above all else. We need to make sure that we're seeking what God has for us, his plans, not our plans. And, of course, uh, live righteously. We need to seek his righteousness. A uh, definition for righteousness, by the way, act in accord with divine or moral law. We got to make sure that we are seeking God's plan for our lives. And here's the thing: What does the Bible say about our plans, especially for not doing it right? And yet the Bible does have something to say about that. Uh, Philippians two verses three through four. And I got to tell you, this one stepped on my toes a lot, especially in the uh, last several years of my life. Uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. And got to tell you, a lot of my decisions that I made in some of my moves were selfish. We'll talk about that more, more in just a minute. Uh, rather in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you the interest of others. Well, and here's the thing, and I hate to admit this, but I, I honestly wasn't valuing others because I had a, a goal. I had a plan for my own life. And that plan was becoming a radio star. Not a McGee necessarily, but... <laughs> But already, like, like in a big city like Kansas City, Dallas, Houston, you know, somewhere where you have these big radio stations, popularity, everybody knows who you are, and not necessarily Christian radio either. I just, I just had a desire to to do that. And uh, during that time, you know, talking about you know being selfish, you know, we moved around a lot. In fact, uh, if you ask Teresa, she can tell you exactly how many how many states, how many times, how many. Well, I'm not asking. She's already telling me. <laughs> But she could tell you exactly how many states, apparently nine. See, I don't keep track of that because, uh, you know, I, I sometimes don't want to hear all of that. Uh, how many houses that we have lived in, and again, she probably was the answer to that. I don't want to know the answer to that. So if she heckles from the background, don't pay attention to her. Uh, but 
But here, <laughs> but here's the thing. See, I'm in the doghouse now. Sorry. Uh, but here's the thing. You got to realize that I was moving around a lot. I was doing all these things. I was not putting my family first. I was not putting my kids first. I was yanking them all over the country, all these different states, all these different things because I was following my own selfish ambition. And let me tell you, when you get out of God's will, you start seeking your own selfish ambition. Things don't line up the way that you want them to line up. Things don't start going the way you want them to go. And let me tell you, and you're also not going to be happy or content with your life if you're seeking your own plans and your own agendas. And again, selfish. That's exactly what I was. I was selfish. I was chasing a dream. I was chasing something that I shouldn't have been chasing. And I mean, and I wasn't chasing anything that was negative, but it was my agenda. It was my goal. Again, I was focused on my job. I was focused on my career. Again, priorities. And in, in all of that, okay, wife, kids, family, all of that, God, he was somewhere in there, way down here. And let me tell you, when you get that out of line, things are not going to go the way that you want. But how, do you, how many of you know that God's going to allow a breaking? If he wants to get your attention, God's going to allow a breaking in your life. And he's not going to cause it, but he's going to allow it. And when you get out of God's will, he's going to allow that breaking in, in your life. And that was exactly the uh, situation that we were in. We were working for a Christian radio station, of all things. And as I was uh, working for this Christian radio station, I started having doubts. Does God even exist? Playing music that talks about hope, playing music that talks about encouragement. But yet here I am. God, are you even there? Or do you even exist? And needless to say, my attitude was not the best in the world. Uh, our marriage was starting to fall apart because I was unplugged from the family. I was unplugged from my marriage. I was unplugged from my kids. Because again, I was doubting God and I was trying to put my ambitions above God's ambitions. And again, things will start breaking. And when that happens, guys, as you know, it's not a good thing. Uh, but, but God, God can turn things around for his glory. Romans 8.28, it's not even in my notes, but Romans 8.28, you hear Pastor Jane preach Romans 8.28 all the time. God's going to work all things for his good, for his glory. And let me tell you, that's exactly what he did. He took our mistakes, he took my mistakes, he took my messes, and he worked them for his good, for his glory. So I just want to throw that out there. That wasn't even in my notes, that was for free, so there you have it. Again, I talked about our marriage, I talked about how it wasn't going very well. So here's what Teresa did. You know, we had that moment in our marriage where we're like, okay, do we want to fight for our marriage or do we want to just give up and just go our separate ways? That was a question that we had to ask ourselves. A lot of people don't even know that. but So we decided, okay, yeah, we want to fight for our marriage. We want what's right. And of course, at the same time, I'm again doubting what God even wants in my life. I'm, I'm doubting whether God even exists. And so Teresa said, well, there's this different church that we want to go to, that I want to go to, and I'd really like for you to go with me. And at first, my response was, no, I really don't want to. I think she laid on some sort of a big guilt trip. You know how Teresa is. Uh, but, but basically, it's like, well, I'm going to go. I want you to go with me. I would really appreciate it. I'd really love it if you went with me. Guys, I don't know about you, but uh, have you ever been in that church service sometimes when uh, you know that you know that you know that somehow that, that pastor of that church, as he was preaching that morning, might as well dismiss everybody else because that message was just for you? I'm pretty sure that Teresa called him ahead of time and said, okay, here's what's going on with Jack. So just here's your message. Here's your notes. Just go at it. Just put Jack at the top of the, uh, the, 
the notes, and uh, that's exactly what happened that morning. He preached just to me that morning, and let me tell you, God got a hold of me that morning. I felt his presence like I've never felt before, and it makes a difference. Again, I, th I blame her for it, but, uh, <laughs> but that message that morning was, uh, and I couldn't even tell you what it was about now. But I do know that, that uh, it, was, it was just for me that morning. So that was when we decided at that moment, okay, well, we're going to make a difference. We're going to make a change. We're going to uh, get some counseling. So we went to that pastor. We, we said, okay, we, let's get some counseling here. Let's, let's make this thing happen. We're going to put God in the middle of our marriage for the first time ever, and let's, let's see if that works. Of course it works, right, guys? And, uh, and that's exactly what we did. And the pastor, we're in the middle of, I don't know, we're like two, three sessions into it. And uh, he looked at Teresa and he asked a question about me. He's like, oh, okay, is, is Jack a spiritual leader? And can you believe that Teresa actually hesitated on that answer? <laughs> she paused. She was, and you know, if Teresa thinks it, it comes right out of her mouth, right? So, and, uh, and that's exactly what happened. Well, that's not what happened that afternoon or that evening. What ended up happening that evening, she paused, she hesitated. And, uh, and this doesn't necessarily line up with uh, the, the whole message title about God's plan. But that was when I intervened, and that's when I said, I spoke up and said, you know what, no, Jack is not, Jack is not being a spiritual leader at home like he should be. And, uh, you know, I, I say that doesn't line up with uh, God's plan as far as the notes and all that. But actually, you know what, guys, it does line up with God's plan. Guys, do you know that it's, it's our job to be the spiritual priest of our home? We are called, it is God's plan for us to lead our homes. And if you're struggling in that area, if that's something that you're not comfortable with doing, there's one thing that we started doing that night moving forward, and we've never stopped doing it since, and that is simply just praying together, out loud. I was not comfortable with that. Uh, but then again, God don't care about comfort zones. Uh, but I was, not, I was not comfortable with praying out loud in front of each other but we started doing it that evening, and we never stopped since. And as you know, when you're not comfortable doing something, that's when you know that you're on the right track. When God's stretching you, when he's uh, encouraging you to, to go in a direction that you would have never guessed. Uh, again, it was uncomfortable. You start praying for each other. And let me tell you, it's communication sometimes in a marriage, communication can be difficult. Especially, you got kids, you got jobs, you got your busy, life is so busy. And sometimes you forget to have a conversation with each other and realize, okay, here's what's going on. We're, you know, we just don't have time to talk to each other. But when you stop every day and you pray with each other, you hear the heart of your husband, you hear the heart of your wife. And next thing you know, you're, you're communicating, but you're talking to God. But then when you say amen at the end of it, sometimes that can cause a conversation that you would not have expected to have because all of a sudden you're hearing each other's hearts. You're praying for each other. And let me tell you, when you put God in the middle of your marriage, he will honor that, and he will strengthen you better than you've ever thought before. So how many know that God's plan is better than our plan? God's plan is always better than our plan. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine, for just that the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Again, God's way is better. He knows better. He knows what's going on. And let me tell you, is God's way the easiest way? Nope. Nope, not at all. Uh, you, 
again, comfort zones. Uh, God's going to take you, when you start pressing into God, when you start doing more of what God's called you to do, he's going to be taking, he will take you outside of your comfort zone. Case in point, right now, this is not something I'm comfortable doing at all. Uh, just as uh, Pastor said a second ago, I'm used to being in front of a, a microphone, and I was actually sharing with Brandon earlier this morning. I'm not scared of being in front of people because I've done it before in my career, but it's usually for two, three, four minutes, five minutes max. Introduce Toby Mac, and then I'm gone. You know, I have the crowd and I'm gone, but to actually stand in front of somebody and actually uh, make sense and be coherent, not necessarily my strong point. And, uh, but yeah, definitely outside my comfort zone being up here this morning, but you know, when God starts stretching you, uh, that's definitely when you're going to get outside your comfort zone. Uh, when you're following God's plan, there's going to be a lot of twists and turns in your life as well. Because you think you're on this path, you're just like, okay, this is what we're doing, this is what God has me doing, and next thing you know, you're taking a left turn. And you're like, wait a minute, where are we? But God will go before you, he'll prepare the way. And so you just have to trust what God wants you to do, and just continue to follow that plan. And again, God's plan, it may not necessarily be what you want, but if it's God's plan, that's what matters, and we just have to trust that. In fact, I stumbled across this image that we'll put up so you can see this. I mean, how true is that right there? You know, sometimes God doesn't do the things that that we think he should, but God has a perfect plan for your life. We have to trust God. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times. I think somewhere in that graph right there was us trying to sell our house in Missouri and move to McGee. Uh, that's uh, it was, We were all over the map on that one, but we knew that we were in God's perfect plan. In fact, during that time, I remember sharing a phone call when the inspection came back at our house, and it was a disaster. I remember having a phone call with Pastor Gene at one point saying, I don't know what's going on here because, I, I, I mean, we're talking close to $15,000. The whole foundation was a mess. And he, the question he asked me, well, do you feel like this is what God's calling you to do to move in a McGee? Yeah, I do. And so we continued forward with the plan because we knew it was God's plan. We knew that that's where God wanted us. And Proverbs 16, 9, you know, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And I, I looked it up in the message translation. I don't even know why I looked it up in the message translation. Uh, I, I just, it's like, hey, let's see what the message says about that. So Proverbs 69, the message translation, you know, we plan the way that we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. So we have our plans, but we need to make sure that it's lined up with what God wants. And so let me tell you, my, my heart started changing going back to that church service, going back to that marriage counseling. My heart started changing. And uh, let me tell you, God did something to me that I, I was not a fan of because I was the person that really didn't feel much emotion. You know, I'm not a crier whatsoever. But all of a sudden, my heart started turning soft and started turning into mush at certain times. And I, I'm like, this is messed up. I don't know what in the world's going on. I mean, we're sitting there watching a the movie or watching a show, and I see a dad hug his son, and, and I'm getting all misty-eyed. Drew's like, what in the world's going on with you? you know, I mean, it was, it was messed up. But, but that's exactly what God did. He started, he changed my heart. And when, you, when you're living for what God's plan, when you're living for what God wants, he will change your heart. And, uh, and let me tell you, he'll, he'll make you a big bag of mush if you're, if you're not careful, guys. So, uh, not a, again, not a big fan of that. But, but here's the thing. My career, my job, radio was no longer my focus. My focus was God. My focus was ministry. And if God allowed me to do radio, if God allowed me to do the thing that I have done my whole life for his purpose, I was cool with that. 
because it, it makes a difference when you're following God's plan. In fact, whenever uh, I told Pastor Genius at one point, when we made the move to McGee, Mississippi, all these different times I, I've made a job change and I, I've accepted this position. I went here, I did that. And it was always about my plan. When we came here on that 25th anniversary, we walked into this church on that Sunday morning. And when I felt God saying, this is where you are supposed to be, we were not chasing a radio job. We were not chasing a radio dream. I felt God saying, this is your church family. This is where you belong. This is your home. And that's what pulled us here. Cool, we got a job for a radio station. Tiny little radio station, tiny little town, but that's okay. Uh, but we felt that that's where God wants us to be. And, uh, and that was our drawhood. That was our pull here. And that's exactly why we came here. And uh, there's a devotional that I, I stumbled across a few days ago. And, uh, and here's what it says. I just want to share it with you this morning. You know, God has given us the free will to choose the path that we will follow in our lives, even if the path is away from him. However, he wants nothing more than for us to choose to be with him. God loves us so much that even if we do stray, we take that wrong path, that wrong turn, that he will wait and he will celebrate our return when we do find our way back to him. Does that remind you of a story in the Bible? I love the picture that Jesus painted himself. Let me tell you, Jesus was a storyteller. And being a radio person and someone that loves to communicate, I love the fact that Jesus could really share a story, uh, the parable of the prodigal son. Uh, being able to come home and to be able to celebrate that. So, uh, so we, we need to thank God today for always being there when we are ready to return after we have strayed. So it doesn't matter how far off the path you have strayed, it is never too late to come back home. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Again, God's plan or our plan? We need to think about that for a minute. God's plan or our plan? Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he'll show you which path to take. If you're wondering, okay, what, God, what is it that you want me to do with my life? What, is, what direction do you want me to go in? Trust in God with all of your heart. Don't rely on your own understanding because you're, you're going to lead your own self astray. You need to make sure you're putting God first in that. Uh, jumping to verse 7, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Again, I was seeking my own plans. I was seeking my own desires. I was going after. I was chasing something. I thought, okay, I, I had this plan set before me that I knew I wanted to do. It was my wisdom. And right here in verse 7, it says, uh, turn away from evil. And so fast forward, as, we, as you know, you know we, we already kind of you know, gave you the ending here. Here we are, McGee, Mississippi, living in Smith County, small town USA. You know what? We absolutely love it. I had a dream of being in a big market radio station, making tons of money, doing all of these things. Never happened. But you know what? God has us right here in McGee, Mississippi, living just on the outskirts of Mize, home of Gene's Bulldogs. <laughs> but we absolutely love it here. And, and the bottom line is, you will have true happiness, you will have true contentment when you are in God's plan. 
if you're looking for happiness, if you're looking for contentment, and you're just kind of, well, I don't know, follow God's plan for your life. If you want happiness, that's where it's at. It doesn't matter if you're making a six-figure salary or not. If you are doing what God wants you to do, that's all that matters. Uh, for example, 1 Timothy 6 and 6, yet true godliness with contentment itself is great wealth. That's what we need to seek after. Godliness, contentment, and that in itself is great wealth. And of course, it goes back to that, uh, that key verse that we'll share again here in just a minute. But I love this quote from Pastor Greg Laurie. We're going to put this up on the screen as well. This quote from Pastor Greg Laurie, I stumbled across this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Contentment is not the fulfillment of what we want, but the realization of how much we already have. I'm going to say it one more time because... Uh, as you hear Pastor Gene said, that, that deserves some louder amens. Uh, contentment is not the fulfillment of what we want, but the realization of how much we already have. How many of you just like the song, He's a Good God? It doesn't matter if life is falling down around you right now. It doesn't matter if your finances are falling apart right now. We can have true contentment. We can have that peace, that joy that comes with God's promise as long as we focus, just like what Pastor Gene said earlier, focus on God's goodness. Focus on the good things that God has for you, not on the negative thing. If you're looking to focus on the negative things, guess what? Those negative things are always going to be there. Uh, if you look for it, it's right there in front of you. We need to make sure that we're focusing on the positive. We need to make sure that we're focusing on God's goodness because you know what? God's goodness is always there as well. It doesn't matter all the bad things happening around you. God is good. You know, and here's the thing. It took me about 30 plus years. I'm a slow learner. 30 plus years to finally realize God's plan for my life. And so, and so here's the, the moral of that story. It doesn't happen overnight, guys. But we need to make sure that we're pressing in, we're seeking, we're, we're doing what God's called us to do and keep moving forward. Press in, seek in. And uh, I have a, a very dear friend of mine uh, here in, in town, a pastor, uh, Jeremy Smith with Waco Church of God, and I was meeting with him for lunch one day, and we were talking about stepping out and doing something that's outside your comfort zone, and uh, what he said to me, he said, uh, provision won't come until you take the first step in faith, and that right there meant so much to me because, I mean, think about that for a minute. If God provides for whatever it is that you're seeking before you take that first step, you don't need faith. We need to make sure that we have our faith first. Have faith and then take that first step. The provision will come then and only then. And, and I love the fact that just this past Sunday, uh, we prayed over Dakota about a job. And next thing you know, he has a new job and he's praising God for it. I also saw he got a new truck too. That was kind of cool. So, but that right, I mean, pursuing God, that makes all the difference in the world. God will provide, but you got to seek God first. Pursue what God has for you. Pursue after him. And so if you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, I, I hear this all the time. In fact, I can't tell you how many times I've said this myself. How do I know what God's plan is for my life? Well, number one, right here. Stay in God's word. Stay in God's word. And I cannot tell you how many times I have failed this. Uh, again, it doesn't matter how many times you fail. It's, it matters how many times you start trying again. Stay in God's word. The answers are in here. Uh, in fact, I, I saw this. It said, God's plan is not always as mysterious as we make it out to be. Obey the scriptures 
And a lot of other things will fall into place. Obey what God is telling you to do. There are so many answers in this book right here. And it's amazing that if you start reading it and just even as he said this morning, you know, talking about you come across a scripture and all of a sudden the scripture is, is like, wow, okay, it, it comes to life. And God will answer your, okay, well, what about this? And next thing you know, there's a scripture or a devotional or a, a time that you're in God's word and you will read a scripture that maybe you've seen it a hundred times before, but all of a sudden it stands out in a whole different way. And that's God's way of saying, this is what you're supposed to do. This is the path that you're supposed to take. God will speak to you by simply opening this book. So if you're not opening this book on a regular basis, those answers may not come to you as quickly as you want. Stay in prayer. Stay in prayer. Because here's the thing we've got to think about. Imagine a conversation or living in a house with your husband, with your wife. You guys are uh, going about your daily lives. You go three, four days, maybe five days, and you finally decide to have a conversation. I would venture to guess that your marriage is probably not a very good place if you go that many days around each other but never actually having a conversation with each other. Why would we go that many days without talking to God? He wants to have a conversation with you. He wants to communicate with you. He wants to have that fellowship with you. Prayer is more than just saying grace over your meal or saying your bedtime prayers. Prayer is about having a relationship with your Heavenly Father. That's what it's about. That's why we do what we do. Having that prayer time is so important because we need to make sure. And you know what? If you want to know what God's plans for your life, the sheep will recognize the shepherd's voice. The more you talk to God, the more you pray, the more you start, and then you'll start recognizing that voice as God starts speaking back to you. But if you're not talking to him on a regular basis, guess what? You're probably not going to start recognizing his voice because you're not talking to him enough. And again, I've heard Pastor Gene say this before. He can hear Regina's voice without even seeing who it is. He knows who she is. Just same as Teresa. If Teresa says something in a really high-pitched voice when she's offended, <laughs> for example, uh, I recognize that voice. Because I, I, I don't have to see her, but I know that voice. We should know our Father's voice that well. Again, prayer. Another way to make sure that we're staying in God's plan, your friends, the people that you're hanging out with, your crowd. Uh, again, I, another dear friend of ours, uh, he was here a few weeks ago, John Layton with Voice of Hope. Uh, I was interviewing him on the radio one day, and he, uh, he said something that stuck to me, and I, and I now quote it all the time. He said, show me your friends, and I will show you your future. That is so true. It, who you are hanging out with determines how you are acting and, and the type of person that you are becoming. Make sure that you're surrounding yourself with friends. Make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that's going to hold you accountable. That just don't want to tell you what you want to hear, but they're actually going to speak truth into your life. If you've done something dumb, you're making a mistake, a good friend's going to say, hey, you're an idiot. <laughs> I mean... That's a good friend right there. And you're not going to be offended by it because you know that they, they love you. They have, they care for you. They want to make sure that you're on the right path. And on top of those relationships, we need to make sure that we're also in a community, in a group of people that, that will love us for who we are. Again, for example, life groups. Uh, that makes, which by the way, free tease here, life group signups at the Welcome Center this morning. Uh, if you are not in a life group, I want to encourage you to get in a life group because that makes a huge difference in your daily walk. Uh, for those of you who are actually currently in a life group, uh, can, can I get a name as far as how good life groups are? Our life group wasn't loud enough over here. I don't know. That, that was kind of weird. Life groups are good, right? Okay, there you go. 
We need to make sure that we're in a life group because, again, those life groups, they hold you accountable. They are there for you. They pray with you. It's a, a close community that's going to be there. It's going to help you walk through this daily struggle that we call life, and that's what they are there for. And so, again, our key verse, again, Matthew 6, 33, and let's, again, think about this again. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek God's righteousness, and all those things will be added to you. If you want to know God's will, seek God first. Stay in the word. Because, again, true happiness and contentment, it comes with a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're in that situation to where, okay, get, I don't necessarily have the, uh, the right relationship that I have right now. I'm not happy. I'm not content. Ask yourself, do I have a relationship with Jesus? That right there will make all the difference in the world. Happiness, contentment. If you're looking for that true happiness and true contentment in your life, it's all about whether or not you're following Jesus. It's God's plan. Have you accepted Jesus in your life? Or maybe you've walked away from God. Maybe you've walked away from his plan for your life. Again, just like the prodigal son, it's not too late. It's not too late to come home. He's going to celebrate that. And guys, I'm going to give you the opportunity this morning. Yeah, and again, I, this is something that I'm not good at, but I feel that it would not be good if we went through this morning and didn't give you an opportunity to make sure that you were right. That if you were to take your last breath right now, that you would be in the presence of Jesus right now. That's why we are here. That's why we do what we do. If it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for a relationship with Jesus, this would just be a social club that plays great music and sings hallelujah and all that. It's about a relationship with Jesus. That's why we do what we do. So guys, I want to give you that opportunity right now. John 3, 16, everybody knows it, hopefully. Jesus himself, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You know, here's the amazing part. I... I heard Pastor Nolan say this a few months ago, taking that scripture, and I love this. I've never heard anybody say this before, so that was a good one for me. Think about it for a minute. For God so loves, put your name in there, for God so loves Jack. For God so loves Pastor Nolan. For God so loves James. For God so loves Ronnie. And yeah, God even loves John Rankin. But God loves you so much that he sacrificed his only son for you. And that's why we are here. That's why we do what we do. So we want to give you that opportunity right now. Every eye bowed, every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to ask right now, do you need a relationship with him? Maybe you need to recommit your relationship with him. I'm not going to ask anything that's going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to jump up and down or anything like that. We're not going to do anything crazy. I just want you to simply just look up at me and make eye contact because I want to make sure that every person in here and it look me eye to eye so I know. And I, again, I'm not going to call you out, but I just want to make sure that, that everybody in here this morning is good and that we have a relationship with, with Jesus. That's why we are here.
All right, guys. If you looked at me this morning, we're going to have, uh, here in a few minutes, we're going to have elders. Pastor Gene will be up here. I will be up here. If you need someone to pray for you, to pray with you, that's what we're here for. If you've made that decision to say, you know what, yes, and you want to say yes to Jesus right now, let's pray together as a, as a family. And feel free to repeat after me, and we'll all pray this together. Father God, we thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. God, we give you my life. Father, I give my life to you right now. Father, I want to serve you all the days of my life. I give my life to you right now, Jesus. To be forever changed. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to Church of Life's Teaching of the Week. We invite you to join us for the Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 a.m. or learn more at churchalive.net.